Hello and welcome. My name's Mike. I'm the pastor at Watch It Baptist Church. You're watching WBC Online. This is our Palm Sunday teaching and we're going to be using Matthew's account as we have a look at something we can learn from this story which comes towards the end of Jesus' life in the run-up to Easter. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 21 in just a moment. We're going to pray before we go any further. Father God, you are worthy of our worship. Lord Jesus, you are King and worthy of our worship. Holy Spirit, you are the essence of God and worthy of our worship. Would we turn to face you like sunflowers turn towards the sun? And would we drink you in? Amen. Right then, Matthew 21, I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, I'm reading the first oh, nine verses, and they go like this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's a quote from Zechariah chapter, chapter 9. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I've been involved in Sunday School productions over the years that uh, illustrate that story, dramatise it and tell it in ways that are very practical. And one of the things that uh, I've always most enjoyed being part of is the waving of palm branches, the idea of taking uh, bits of tree and bringing them into church always appealed to me as a child. And there's something about the sort of interactive uh, sort of representation of that story that still I, I get to love. You know, doing practical things always feels to me like a really important part of how we engage with Jesus and the story of God. When it comes to the praise of God, I think it's easy to see various different ways that the world around us expects that to work or ways in which it, it maybe follows a stereotype. I've seen enough of the symptoms to know that when you have uh, in some occasions, you have the Flanders family talking about um, their own church experience. Sometimes you get the, the boys, the, the Flanders um, sons, Todd and something, and I've forgotten what the other one's name is, singing in that little squeaky voice that they have, uh, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And, and it sounds endearing and also a little bit silly. And I, I wonder whether part of that expression of, of what we're getting is something that the programme makers want to tell us about how they feel about that kind of song and about that kind of worship. Perhaps they feel it's a little simplistic, 
a little bit one-dimensional. And yet, at the heart of how we understand worship and praise is exactly that kind of simplicity, that heartfelt cry that we recognise who God is and that he is worthy of our worship. Now, the Palm Sunday story has this, I don't know, overtone, I suppose, because we know what happens next. So it does feel like a joyous occasion, but it also feels like the beginning of a sad episode, because we know that what's going to follow in just a few days' time is the arrest and torture and execution of Jesus, his death on the cross as a sacrifice, him standing in our place him carrying our sin and very much at the heart of how we understand what Jesus role was as Messiah is that willingness to sacrifice indeed we praise him for having made that choice and taken that step but it what that means is that sometimes that sense of joyous praise kind of feels um, like there's a cloud over it And I wonder whether there's something important to learn from that. Now, I'm sure it's the case for lots of uh, worship songs. But from my point of view, the the use of um, a couple of uh, Matt Redman songs really stand out for me when it comes to this kind of thing. So Blessed Be Your Name is a song which in both of its verses has the good times and the bad times referred to. Matt Redman also writes a song called Never Once, which uh, where the refrain is, never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. And, and there are many songs in which this desire to bring praise to God in all circumstances is crucial. It's interesting when we look at that story in Matthew and, and the way that chapter 21 runs all the way through to chapter 27, I think it is, when the crucifixion takes place that we see a trajectory that takes us from acceptance and welcome and praise and adulation through to isolation and abandonment and rejection. And so many of those who stood and waved branches, whose children ran around on the streets at that time, who threw their cloaks on the ground in front of the procession, were absent when it came to those who might stand with or defend Jesus. Indeed, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that some of those same people were in the crowd that shout crucify him at Jesus' trial before Pontius Pilate. Perhaps the thing for us to take from that is that it's easy, so easy for us to praise him when times are good, when the prospects are bright. Do you remember that um, uh, mobile phone company's marketing slogan, the future's bright, the future's orange? And I think maybe sometimes we feel like the future's bright, the future's Jesus, because when it's bright, it feels like Jesus automatically fits. And when it's difficult, we might turn to him in prayer, but praise is more tricky. It's interesting, isn't it? that all the way through the the letters in the New Testament, particularly to those churches who are experiencing or expecting to experience persecution, 
that the letter writers encouraged them to remain faithful and to keep praising God in all circumstances, not to allow God to become less mighty and glorious when there is a struggle. Now, I don't know about you, I find that really hard. I find it hard because it feels like if I'm going to praise God when times are difficult, that I'm going to put my struggle to one side and on hold while I praise. Because I can't quite, I can't possibly praise if my emotion is sadness. There's a song by um, Drakeford where the opening line is, how can I lift my life, uh, lift my hands in praise if my life does not reflect it? And goes on to talk about the challenge of being honest about our emotions and our circumstances rather than pretending for the sake of a church environment. And that's an important thing to recognise. Last week, one of the things that we looked at from Romans 12 was this idea that we should weep with those who weep and celebrate with those who are celebrating. There is an important reality in the middle of all this, and the Psalms point us to this too, that when times are difficult, choosing to praise is crucial. Because in that choice, what we're saying is not my hard times can be buried for a moment or pushed to one side and I hope they don't bounce back at me. Instead, what we're saying is when things are hard, God is still God. I don't praise him because he's made my life easy. I praise him because of who he is. I want to be somebody who says I will praise him and throw down my cloaks on, cloak on the ground and bring palm branches. And then when the sun goes behind the cloud and the rain starts, when the cold weather comes in, and yes, that could be physically, but also it could be emotionally too. When we're under the cosh, when there's pressure, to say, God is still God. And while he might not be pulling me out of this struggle, I'm still going to recognise him for who he is. He's still coming as my saviour. He's still riding in, in triumph. He's still coming in peace. He's still my saviour. These things, these recognitions, these repeated um, declarations of who God is, don't change the world. But what they can do is change our relationship with God and our expectations of him too. I'm sure you'd have heard me say before that there's a, um, a scrunching down of who God is in much of the Western Christian world. Uh, I've summed it up before, as I've read before about it, as, as God as um, therapeutic, moralistic deity. So he has two roles in this, in this scenario. He is therapeutic, that is to say he makes me feel better, and he's moralistic, he's there to enforce the rules. And that's God's role. Actually, when we step away from that scrunched up, narrow down view of who God is, we're able to see a lot more clearly how he cares for the world around us. It is, I have no doubt, it is agonising for God to watch his creation in a mess. To watch so many of those he created preying upon one another for power or influence or wealth or fame or just for plain 
simple, simple um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, begins with an A, can't remember. To make life easier, that kind of thing. I mean, people pushing against each other in the hope that their life can be a little bit nicer for themselves. And God sees all that. And in the middle of all that, he is looking at a world that seems to not recognise how he made it and how he wanted it to be. And yet, we can absolutely demonstrate that we recognise God's mm, divine character and his peaceful nature and his giving and his, I don't know, it, the, the way in which he provides wonder to us on a day-by-day -day basis. And in praise, we can recognise those things. And in praise, we can say that we recognise that God is still God in good times and in bad times. And we praise and we demonstrate to one another what it means to put our focus on Jesus. And we praise and praise again. And so my prayer is that as disciples, we will be those who say God is worthy of us lifting up our hands to him when times are difficult and when times are brilliant. We are those who will declare the might and authority and justice of God when we can't see it, but we still know it's real. We will be those who will encourage each other to still raise the name of God in all situations because God doesn't change and remains worthy of our worship. Let's pray. Lord God, help us to hold on to who you are. Help us to fix our eyes on you as you are. Help us not to allow you to become small, scrunched up or narrow, but to be those who live Carrying that sense of praise, not because of how you make our lives be, but because you really are that almighty and authoritative and powerful Lord of all. And we want to remind ourselves of that and tell the world too. Amen. Okay, then three questions for this session. Number one, what triggers your praise? What are the things that happen that make you go, oh, I just want to praise God for that or in this situation or, or that set of circumstances or this thing prompts me to praise? Let's have a think and reflect on those. What, what are those moments that take you to that place? Question two, when is it hardest for you to praise? Don't worry about what you think other people's answers might be or, or what you think a normal answer might be. But actually for you, when is it hardest to praise? Is it when you're busy more than when you're sad? Is it when you're feeling pressure or conflict? Or is it more for you when, um, when you feel low on resources, money or time or energy? What makes it hardest to praise?
question three comes in two parts and it's this how can you encourage yourself that's part a and other people that's part b to be praising you could try to build something into your routine maybe you could get in touch with others you know are struggling and, and say, is there some way I can help you to praise? But but what what are the things, what are the techniques or the strategies that you might have for bringing praise into your life? Well, that's it from me for this time. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we lift your name on high and we love to sing your praises. And we ask that we would be consistent in doing so and that we would help others around us by lighting the world with your praise amen it's been good to be with you take good care and i'll see you soon